following is part of a discussion I had on Facebook the other day. A friend of mine had posted something liberal on his page. A conservative friend of his, referred to here as name deleted, talked about how he would K Democrats. He said he meant kiss. No one believed him. Fred, violence of any kind is never the answer. Name deleted. Sure, Fred, you grow up in church. You be good. Fred, I'm an atheist and ad hominem attacks are not arguments. Violence continues to be no answer. Name deleted. Pacifist, nope, not here. Grew up military and country. Saw a lot of stuff in my life. Called survival. Fred, also irrelevant to attack me instead of my argument. You also gave me your personal history which is also not an argument. Violence means someone is hurt. It usually means someone is killed. Whatever good you believe you accomplished with your violence is denied to those who die. Violence is the answer used by those who cannot be moved by words and logical arguments. It is the answer of the intellectually ineffective. Name deleted. You win, Freddy. Attack you. Wow. Fragile. You win. Bye. Fred. Thanks for the discussion. Fred's Front Porch Podcast is made possible by our patron saint, Edith Keeler. Our unofficial patron saints, Miss Maudie and Boo Radley. Our producers, Hermione Granger and Coralie Day with Scott Knight, the people on the porch, and listeners like you. Welcome, fellow traveler on this rock tumbling through space. I'm Fred, and this is My Front Porch. Come on up and sit a while. There are ideas to be discussed on this old set of nicely nailed together is the tool of the intellectually ineffective. No, of course I didn't change his mind. I've been on Facebook for nearly 14 years now, and in that time, I'm not aware of anyone ever changing their minds based on any sort of debate. There, I recognize the futility of the effort. Why then should I continue to try? It's because I believe in the power of words. Words can inspire. They can change world views. They can inform. 
They can lift us out of our ordinary experiences and show us a universe we had never imagined before. They both begin and end wars. They set humanity apart from most of the rest of life on this planet. There are hypotheses that other animals communicate, but we are unique, as far as I know, in written language, an alphabet, and our ability to be moved by thoughts from thousands of years ago. The words I wrote might cause someone, somewhere, sometime, to reconsider their own thoughts, even though I have no idea who that person is. The best any writer can hope to do is to move a stranger. I recognize that good people sometimes commit acts of violence. They are expected of our military, and they are often necessary for members of the law enforcement community. But they always represent a failure of our intellect. Soldiers, sailors, and Marines don't kill others for fun. They do so on the order of leaders who are unable to use language to convince other leaders to do what they believed needed to be done. Shakespeare took this up in Henry V. Bates We know if we are the king's subjects, if his cause be wrong, our obedience to the king wipes the crime of it out of us. Williams But if the cause be not the king himself hath a heavy reckoning to make when all those legs and arms and heads chopped off in battle shall join together at the latter day and cry all, We died in such a place. Some swearing, some crying for a surgeon, some upon their wives left poor behind them, some upon the debts they owe some upon their children rawly left. I am afeard there are few die well that die in a battle, for how can they charitably dispose of anything when blood is their argument? Now if these men do not die well, it will be a black matter for the king that led them to it, whom to disobey were against all proportion of subjection. Fred's Front Porch Podcast is an effort to spread the idealistic belief that we can live in a world in which everyone has enough. 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 We know we have the resources to end homelessness, hunger, and poverty 
at any moment we choose. There are millions of others who know this, and yet nothing is done. It's rarely even discussed. The moment you bring it up, someone will ask, Who's going to pay for it? We could live in a world where money is irrelevant, but we're not ready to do that. Yet, yet, yet. Give us yet. some time. You can help spread the message by sharing your favorite episodes of our show. You can help keep the show alive and going by joining us on Patreon, where you can hear the show without any commercials and you can get it 48 hours ahead of the rest of the world. Help us get to the place where everyone has enough. 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 The Patreon link is in the show notes. The most common argument about the need for violence comes in explaining why Neville Chamberlain was wrong not to go to war with Germany earlier than he did. There can be no debate that Hitler needed to be stopped, and history suggests violence was necessary to accomplish that. This is a powerful argument, but for me, it misses the point. That Hitler was mentally ill can hardly be debated. He was, in simplest terms, intellectually ineffective. He couldn't be persuaded by words he didn't like. He loved the fame, the power, and the glory that were heaped upon him by the citizens of Germany at the beginning. He was empowered by those who believed in the hatred he preached. Hatred is an extreme form of anger. Anger is caused by fear. See episode 123, The Problem of Anger, for more on this. People feared Germany's collapsing economy would cause them to plummet into poverty and homelessness. I think many of us are familiar with this fear today in America. Hitler gave them somewhere to focus that anger. It grew to the hatred necessary to kill more than six million people simply for being different. What we see is a massive failure of intellect. We see the power fear has to overrule our intellects. There are those who claim this is built into our psyche by our earliest evolutionary stages. Fight or flight kept us alive for quite a long time. Fight became synonymous with courage, flight with cowardice. We're told to admire courage over cowardice. Running away from an attack is not heroic. There are few movies made about those who choose flight over fight. 
We simply don't admire such people. On the other hand, I wish Bob Ewell wouldn't chew tobacco, was all Atticus said about it. According to Miss Stephanie Crawford, however, Atticus was leaving the post office when Mr. Ewell approached him, cursed him, spat on him, and threatened to kill him. Miss Stephanie, who by the time she had told it twice was there and had seen it all, passing by from the jitney jungle she was, Miss Stephanie said Atticus didn't bat an eye, just took out his handkerchief and wiped his face and stood there and let Mr. Ewell call him names wild horses could not bring her to repeat. Mr. Ewell was a veteran of an obscure war. That, plus Atticus's peaceful reaction, probably prompted him to inquire, Too proud to fight, you nigger-loving bastard. Miss Stephanie said Atticus said, No, too old, put his hands in his pockets and strolled on. Miss Stephanie said you had to hand it to Atticus Finch. He could be right dry sometime. Jem and I didn't think it entertaining. After all, though, I said, he was the deadest shot in the county one time. He could, you know he wouldn't carry a gun, Scout. He ain't even got one, said Jim. You know he didn't even have one down at the jail that night. He told me having a gun around is an invitation for somebody to shoot you. This is different, I said. We could ask him to borrow one. We did, and he said, Nonsense. Harper Lee, To Kill a Mockingbird, Chapter 23. Atticus is a hero. Anyone can hit someone. That's easy. One could certainly argue, from at least a legal standpoint, that Atticus would have been justified in hitting Bob Ewell. I suspect a first-year law student could get him acquitted with self-defense. I could be wrong. I know many people who would have knocked Yule on his ass for that. I know many more who would applaud Atticus for kicking Yule's ass. And again, hitting someone is easy. You know what's tough? It's tough to tolerate such an insult without responding. I maintain Atticus is tougher than Rambo. I suspect many of you will disagree. You're welcome to do so. Bravery doesn't exist without fear. How we deal with our fears is what defines us. When we use our language instead of physical force, we save each other pain that solves little. Though it's doubtful that Gandhi said, an eye for an eye leaves the whole world blind, the sentiment is correct. I can hurt you, and you can hurt me. Which of us can hurt the other most is irrelevant. It would be better for both of us if neither of us was hurt. I decline to derive pleasure from your pain. My life is no better because yours is worse and I won't like myself as well if I hurt you. One of the first things we teach our children is to 
use their words. We don't express displeasure by throwing a tantrum anymore because we've grown beyond that. When I was three, it would have surprised no one that I threw a tantrum because mommy didn't let me have a cookie before dinner. I wouldn't do that today. Neither would you. We're adults, and we have learned better ways to deal with our feelings. We've grown. We need, as a species, to continue to grow. We need to learn to use our words, just as our parents taught us when we were three. My hope is my words can get you to reconsider your feelings about violence. I hope we can stop creating a blind world and start creating a world in which we learn compassion, empathy, and love. I'm 60, diabetic, disabled, and defenseless. I have no doubt you can beat the hell out of me for suggesting ideas with which you disagree. Which of us will be better off? Will you have proven anything other than you're capable of physically hurting me? Does it make you heroic to beat up an old man? You would be, in my mind at least, substantially more heroic by using your intellect to change my mind instead of your power to increase the pain I experience every day. I invite you to do that in the comments on Patreon, on my Facebook page, or on the show's Facebook page. You can even send me something in Facebook Messenger. Or you can hit me. And you wonder why I never leave the house? Which do you think is better? Fred's Front Porch Podcast. I put the following on Facebook after the mass murder at the gay Colorado nightclub, Club Q. Words can incite hatred. Hatred can incite violence. Violence causes death. Let's choose not only our own words more carefully, but the words we choose to listen to and amplify. When we dehumanize people who are different from us, we contribute to the evil we saw in Colorado. Perhaps it's time not only to tolerate differences, but to celebrate them. Being different requires a courage all its own. Being who we choose to be should never be a cause of death. As has become common for me, 
I received pushback from someone whose name I will omit. The only problem I have is tolerating differences. I refuse to tolerate racist, bigoted, xenophobic, transphobic, homophobic assholes. Those differences cannot be tolerated. These are some of the most important people in my life. Without them, I would never be able to make it to the end of the month. I've mentioned in previous gratitudes what many of them do beyond supporting me on Patreon. I won't repeat that here. Listen to earlier episodes. However, one of them, whose identity had been a mystery to me for many months, came and saved me from being held prisoner in the hospital while waiting for some imbecilic company to call to get a $9 copay for a walker. She got the walker herself and walked me out. All of them helped me to pay for the day-to-day expenses of living. Without the people I'm about to name, there would never be a Fred's Front Porch podcast. More than the money that keeps me alive, they all give me something even more valuable. Their time. They listen to my show and they give me a reason to keep doing it. They're allowing me to fulfill my lifelong fantasy of making money as an artist. And my gratitude to them is without boundaries. Obviously, Many of these are not the real names of the people helping me. Lots of people like to be anonymous, and I respect that. If you're new and you would like me to use a different name for you, please let me know. I've sent you a message on Patreon concerning that subject. These are the people on the porch. Our patron saint is Edith Keeler. Our unofficial patron saints are Miss Maudie and Boo Radley. Our producers are Coralie Day with Scott Knight and Hermione Granger. Our top patron is Sherlock, the mystery patron. Our other patrons are Love of My Life, Marie Janicki, Sandy Brower, Kevin Boyce, Joe March, Chris from Interstellar Frequency has returned. Welcome back, Chris. Our sponsors are Elizabeth Jones, Gabby from the Netherlands, Alex Oliphant, Jake Margaram, Stacy Height. Frau Bluka. Greg Royball. Robert Blomker II. Cindy Mandel. Amos Stewart. Phil Parkman. Carrie Dedeo. Judy W. Morris. Chris Donnelly. Corey Pluard. Pavel 
Shabayev, Claude Burt Lansden, Virginia Rupert, Scott Shelby, Natalie Fredrickson, Elizabeth Bennett, Zarif, Shoshana Edwards, and our newest sponsor is Karen Herbert. Welcome, Karen. I'm really glad you're joining us here on the front porch. Our supporters are Glenn Elfman, Stephanie Hansen, Kim, Deborah Rice, Jamie Sassy, The Lady in the Doorway, MJ, Roxanne Wolf, Michelle Sylvester, Sarah Nimitz, John G., Christine L. Patterson, Susan Oski, Mark Rosma, and our newest supporters are Jackie Jolly and Christine Pavlik. Jackie and Christine, thanks so much for joining us on the porch. We're all very glad you're here. Our first supporter was and is Jereen. Our anchor supporters are Corey and A.A. Milne. Thank you for making my life possible. You are the stars that help me to shine. Thanks for letting me share my thoughts and ideas with you. Get your episodes of Fred's Front Porch early and commercial-free on Patreon. And now, check out our new website at fredsporch.info. There's no punctuation, and yes, it bugs me too. But welcome to the Internet. I'll talk to you next week.